back to another week of Riffs and Scripts. Riffs and Scripts. My name is Amber. Your name is Cole. It is, yeah, that. This week, guys, Cole has got the sexy cold voice. I do, I do. I'm like Phoebe in that one episode. That's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah. Matt Sticky uh, Shoes. I, 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 I assume that that episode is called the one where Phoebe has a sexy cold or something. Something like that, yeah, it is. I, I, I mean, they're all, they're all like that. But the problem is that sometimes they pick out the things that I don't remember and then yeah, I can't and find the one with the thing. Well, the typical sitcom structure is that there are like two or three stories every episode. Exactly, People pair exactly. off. And when you only tell me about one of them, then I can't remember the rest. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And with the naming scheme of friends, it's supposed to be easy. Yeah, but it's not. How was it's your week? It's not easy. Um, it was all right. Um, I've been off ill, and now I, I'm clearly ill again <laughs> um, um, recently. It's been all right. I'm, uh, I'm doing the acting. Don't You're doing the acting. acting. Do you think you might I just be ill from it. sheer exhaustion? Because you are juggling a lot right now. I'm I'm really juggling a lot. I'm kind of exhausted, frankly. I, I can't. I like. I okay. So here's the great thing about me and um, sounding like this now. I've got next week off to write an album, and I can't fucking sing. So that's fun, mate. Okay. Quick tips on how to help voices recover. Lots of sleep. Yeah, loads lots of, sleep of steaming. Fluids. Yeah, lots of hydration. Steaming your voice. Yeah. And just really vocal rest. Quite frankly, you shouldn't be recording a podcast episode. <laughs> oh, honey. Yeah, I need more of that. Take this weekend yeah. to really recover. Like, genuinely. can't. It's a busy weekend. Girlfriend's birthday, innit? Ah, fuck. Story of my life, those. <laughs> just all those girlfriends and all those gone birthdays. from a tenor to a bass. Just like, hello. Um, yeah, <laughs> I no, quite enjoyed so, that. Yeah, it's good. Um, I sound like shit. I sound like absolute shit. Um, what was I saying? So, um, you're doing yeah, the acting. Play. I'm in a Terry Pratchett play. Yeah, and I'm playing. Um, I'm playing one character who I won't talk about, but I am also playing the werewolf. Ooh. As in, there's a character, a female character, who turns into a werewolf, and I'm playing the werewolf version. So, like post transformation. Yeah, so I'm doing the Andy Circus thing in a werewolf costume, which is really fun. The Andy Circus thing. Um, yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, so I'm doing that, um, and loads of other shit going on all the time. <laughs> but that's fun. I get to do the whole Wiggly Planet of the Apes thing, so that's cool. <laughs> the Wiggly Planet of the Apes thing. The Wiggly Planet of the. You Apes know there are now thing. there are now straight up like quite popular workshops in how to motion capture animal movement. And they use um, arm extensions that basically look like crutches so that they can do the whole running on your f- hands and feet at the same time motion. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. I can do that just because, you know, physiologically, I am a lesser form of life. <laughs> do, your, do your knuckles drag on the floor? I, if, if I didn't have my shitty cold, I would show you my incredible golem impression and not just like a little bit, like it's it's like... It's accurate. We'll save it for next week. Yeah, exactly. Save it for another time. But also, like, I've put on the COVID pounds because I, I used to, um, I used to be like really underweight, and since <laughs> since late tw- since I hit an office job, um, and I had an awful breakup, um, it just went and lockdown, and lockdown happened all at the same time. So, yeah, uh, yeah but I used to be like underweight for like all through my teens, right into my kind of mid twenties. And um, 
then I looked like Gollum as well, so it was really good. Um, so I could have taken over for any live catcher. Um, I was I was looking into because I follow um you know I follow Critical Role the D and D podcast and a lot of them have done motion capture for games and one of them did, was Thor for instance and uh, they've uh, in fact one of them is currently in the new Call of Duty thing uh, Vanguard that's coming out um is the, one of the main characters in that which is really cool because um, it's been it's nice following actors who aren't like hugely known and watching their career develop I love oh that. that's one of my favorite things in fact I've had that with a comedian. So, do you know the comedian Phil Wang? That sounds very familiar, actually. He's just had a Netflix special drop. Now, he performed at my uni when I was in, like, my second year. So, I've been watching him perform for over 10 years. So, he performed at my uni. I was like, this guy's really good. My friend kind of knew him because she's also a comedian, but they're not, like, besties. So, I've never met him in person, but I have this familiarity with him. And I saw him perform at uni and then I saw him perform in Edinburgh more than once. And then over the years, he'll like appear on a panel show. And I've just had so much fun over 10 years going, there he is. He's doing it. So I've been watching his career just develop for 10 years. And then this year, his Netflix special dropped and I lost my shit. I was like, he's done it. He's done it. Um, Yeah. Do you know what? Speaking of this, is going to sound really weird. Speaking of awesome uh, actors, you know, you know Shang Chi, right? No, we spoke about it in passing. Uh, I don't think we did it on the podcast, but Shang Chi is the new Marvel film, and so oh no, yes, as, yes, 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 yeah, yes, yes. So, um, I, uh, as you know, did a bit of acting in ye oldie acting days. Uh, I did, I did a bit of Guildford School of Acting summer courses and stuff like that, and I met a girl there who's Canadian, who's a great singer actually, and she, um posted a thing the other day from about five uh, six it was 2015 so quite a while ago 2015 and um she was going to improv classes and it was just a chat on instagram with her and her friend and this this guy and um uh saying you know man you know marvel needs to you know big blockbuster things need to be casting asian actors in them and uh, you know, this guy's saying, like, you know, I could do a big Thor, I could do a big Thor, and he's he's Shang-Chi. He's, that actor is yeah. Shang-Chi. That actor, as in the guy who my friend interviewed five years ago, saying he should be a Marvel. He's now Shang-Chi. Adorable. Yeah. Which I think Love is it. just wonderful. So, she just did an improv class with him. So, um, you haven't asked Love me about my show. week, and I've been wake- waiting. Oh, it's sorry, really sorry. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't care about other people, I'm just self-absorbed. Uh, how was your week, mate? How are you doing? It was good, you know, it was, um, right, so creatively, so up and down that it actually emotionally exhausted me on a huge level. Let me talk you through the list of shit that happened in a row. So, first of all, on Sunday, and uh, early pet peeve, you guys, first of all, on Sunday, I get contacted and asked to audition online for something I applied for on Spotlight, right? Great. Um, I believe it was with London Film School. So I can take this experience with a slight pinch of salt, but also not really. Um, We'll come back to it. But basically, I got asked to audition. They said, we know it's really, really last minute. It's Sunday evening when they send this email. Um, Can you do an audition online Monday or Tuesday? Here's the script. And I was like, "Um, yeah, I can do Tuesday anytime before this time. And then they just never got back to me. And we're going to come back to that because it's right. it's not really acceptable. Um, so that happened. They never got back to me, wasted my time. Then on the Tuesday, I get an email from an agent asking for a meeting. So we've arranged that for some time in the future. So that was really exciting. Um, I then go home. 
and I get an email saying I didn't get a part I had applied for in a film and that I also we I applied for us to do a live episode with a festival we didn't get it <laughs> so I got those emails back to back I then get another email set out calling me for another audition for a musical that's in a couple of weeks so I'm planning a few singing lessons getting myself a bit ready for it and then I get another email asking me to do a self-tape for another job that was all within Tuesday <laughs> So I was like, so much good news and bad news in one day. It was actually exhausting. Too much shit, mate. Too much going on. Especially since I haven't actually done any performing since like March. And even that was an R&D process. And I was starting to get really just like drained from the lack of performing. I'm very addicted to it. And it's been a long, horrible COVID process. And then all of it just kicked off at once. Um, So that happened. Yeah, I want to talk about this because... um, When I go to drama school, we get not just skills instilled into us. Yes, we learn about line learning and emotional connection and intimacy on stage and all of this. We also get taught how to act like a professional. Like my drama school was so strict that if you missed sign-in, sign-in was at 8.30. If your name was not on that list by 8.30, you were barred from your lessons for the day because we were being told, we were being taught discipline and how to conduct ourselves and one of those is never ever 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 be late and they instilled it really i'm really good at that they, i'm really oh good my at that God. they instilled yeah. things like that really really sternly they taught us about how to conduct ourselves when we go to auditions and when we go to workshops and how to like respect the room and how to respect other people's jobs and because actors are put so fucking low in the pecking order We're all learning how to do all of this when the other people in the industry aren't learning how to treat actors. Do you see what I mean? And I'm not talking about Me Too and everything. I'm not taking it there right now. I'm talking about something as basic as if you have invited me to an audition, either hold the audition or message me to cancel. Do not waste my time. Like, who do you think you are? And like, you could go, oh, but they're students. Well, guess what? There are thousands of drama school students who are 18 being told, do not waste my fucking time. So that is just really unacceptable. We have this big debate. I say debate. It's not really a debate. We have this big debate going around in the casting world, which is let people know when they've not got the job. It's not hard. I know that people are busy. We're all busy. We're all freelancers. We all have a lot to do. I understand that when you work in casting, you have hundreds sometimes thousands of people to contact send out a group email saying hey if you're receiving this email it means you didn't get the job thank you for your time like it's really not difficult um so yeah that kind of annoyed me and i thought i'd rant about it on here but there's loads of positive stuff um none of it is set in stone yet they're just auditions and meetings but hey things are happening And that made my week fun. And another thing that I I think is going to feed into... Sorry. Another thing that I think is going to feed into our topic today. Those two auditions, not the one that then the person never showed up. The two auditions um, uh, that I have lined up are really special to me because both of them really, really celebrate specifically my race. Now, the whole topic of race has been tricky for me for a really long time because I'm not entirely white. I'm half English. I socially benefit from white privilege, but there's no denying that my skin color definitely means there are certain parts I can't play. I cannot play 
a, an aristocrat from Victorian England because they have no, no. to be pale, right? Yeah. But I'm also not black. I'm not East Asian. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. I'm not going to try and take up spaces I have absolutely no place taking up. Same, so, yeah, yeah. so for a long time, uh, this industry pushed me towards um, the Mediterranean and the Latin American stuff, right? So I've learned the accents and I've, I have had auditions and even parts playing playing those races but now we're getting even better at that where it's like is that even good enough because am i is that still taking up someone else's space i i am not brazilian for example um but then from my perspective it becomes well no offense there's not much going on in the world about being cypriot that is very niche do you know what i mean cypriot and mancunian uh, funny you should say that i mean i'm gonna come back to that yeah. So that is really niche. And also, I'm not like a traditional Greek girl and I don't speak Greek fluently. So it's always this whole... Uh, yeah. the, the pigeonholing is very difficult. So one of these castings was... It said on the call-out, we really, really want to celebrate this part of the world and we would like actors from... And they listed about 10 different countries. So they were like... We would like Syria and Lebanon, but we would also like North Africa and you know, areas like Egypt. And then they said, and Turkey yeah. and Cyprus. And I was like, yeah. oh my fucking God. I, hi, hi, I, I'm from Cyprus. Um, well, hello. But it's so, so rare for it to get specifically mentioned. Um, the other one, and I've also realized that even though Cyprus we all is, is Greek, um, it is like right next to Syria <laughs> geographically, which is why I'm so dark. I, I may not be. And also I'm not Muslim and I don't always want to take up Muslim spaces. However, I do come from a country where literally half the population is Muslim. Yeah. So then it's like, how do we juggle all of this? And there's no one right answer. And we do want to do it sensitively. But the other part, and I can't say too much because it's all very hush hush, but is about a child growing up in Manchester with Middle Eastern heritage. Ho, ho, ho. And I messaged them like, I have one parent from Manchester and one parent from Cyprus, which really is just off the coast of Syria. So this is actually very close to my heart. And I like got a little bit emotional when I got called to audition for it. Totes emotion, totes Because how specific is that? And it it does feel really good when whatever you are specifically, culturally, religiously, racially, identity-wise, is getting mentioned. And I'm enjoying seeing those... um, the work expand to people like me a little bit more. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Right? That's pretty sick. I was going to say something earlier about, or you talk about how people are learning to treat actors right, or treat just generally treat be professional and treat people right. I I was, uh, I was, forgot about this basically, but I was sort of an actor in a music video once um, for a band who I, uh, who are from relatively local to me. It was a really odd experience because their manager was the one who got in touch with me because he was a fan of my band. The other band never, ever spoke to me. Like, uh, they weren't there when I did the music video. It was really strange. And um, there was this girl there who was an actress. That was what she did, and or actor. And um, she'd been hired, and she she was really good, and she was, like, the main um, thing of, of this music video. Uh, I won't say what band it is. Um but basically they hired this guy in who was like probably my age, he was in his 20s, um, to direct the v- video. And I went in and I was like, okay, well, he's, you know, he seems quite a forthright person. He's got an idea and he's got, you know, this is what we're going to do here, 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 here. And I was just like, okay, that's really cool. It's really a pro way to um, do this because I've 
had a lot of cowboys with things surrounding music, and and I quite was into that. And then this girl basically he 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 want you know and he show a bit of a bit of aggression and a bit of this and a bit of this and a bit of this. I could see the girl was really good at what she was doing. He just wasn't really quite giving specific enough instructions to what he wanted, and then he'd get angry at her for not doing specifically what he wanted when he hadn't articulated yeah. quite really what he wanted. Yeah. Um, and stuff about her eye contact and stuff like that. And then he was talking shit about her, saying, oh, you're not putting the effort in. I'm just like, what? She's fucking, like, crying and shit. You know? yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like she's she's put, but she's putting on the tears and stuff. You know, she's she's doing all the fucking work. And I was just, and he, and he gave me his card, and I was just like, oh, I'm not going to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say anything to him, but I was just like, I'm oh, not going to fucking mate. choose you. I'm not going to fucking choose you. Because I'm sitting there just like, let's just get this over with. Because I have, like, this one scene that I'm in, and then I have to go home. Um, and weirdly, my ex was in it as well, and Ooh. she felt really, she felt really uncomfortable. Uh, that we were together at the time, she felt really uncomfortable because the whole subject was domestic abuse, right? Um, and it was about you know telling that story, and she didn't feel comfortable playing the part of of that. Um, and we didn't really get told about that when we turned up. That is so bad. That bit, okay, no, no, no. Yeah. That's really, really bad, and I feel very yeah. strongly about this. You need you castings need to explain what is required from someone for so many reasons. Like I went to an audition and they told us at the audition we were expected to be fully nude. I was furious. What the fuck? Not at the audition. But they were like, if you get a part, you're going to be completely naked. And it's like, you have let people book trains and book time off work not knowing what they're... Some people won't be comfortable exactly. with that. Exactly. Again, perfectly acceptable. wasting actors' time and money and energy because you want to get what you want and you're not thinking about them. Yeah. It's really bad. Well, we did this and, you know, so so there's a lot of emotional content in it. And then he starts shouting at the girl who's supposed to be a victim anyway. And I was just like, fucking hell, man. You're a guy who's just got out of uni and bought an expensive camera. You're not fucking Alfred Hitchcock, okay? <laughs> You're not Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. They, 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 they shouldn't have been allowed to get away with it. And you shouldn't be allowed to just talk to people like shit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, um, absolutely. Uh, that's my opinion. And as we all know, my opinions are correct. So. <laughs> uh, should we talk about our focus? <laughs> Yeah, um, so we're just basically talking about industry news in, in what we're, we're, we're looking at and what's going on. And I've got a couple of interesting things to say. Why don't you kick off? Why don't you kick you off? You sure? Yeah, yeah, you go ahead. All right, then. I wanted to focus on plays a little bit today because I feel yeah, like I talk about musicals a lot. Yeah, so, that's a really good point because um, we, we, we kind of go into musical theatre quite heavy, but you are an actor. Yes, exactly. You know. And plays are actually an incredible part of the theatre world that get put under the radar. And actually, um, I'll start with Oliana. So Oliana is a play by David Mamet that was very, very, very controversial when it was first written. Um, and I've studied it and I've read reviews of it, but I've never seen it. And I think it's a play that can change so much based on how it's directed. So essentially, the basic plot is a university student accusing her teacher of being inappropriate. Ooh. So, but this is the thing. Um, so much of it, the story completely changes bases, based on how it's done. You know, so the basic plot is that this teacher doesn't think he's done anything wrong. So he's not necessarily like a really dark, sinister predator. He's just a really careless, egotistical prick. Um, you can direct it in a way that he's a predator, and she's a massive victim, or you can direct it in a way that she is just screwing over her teacher for out of vicious, like, yeah, 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 like yeah. Um, spite. 
or you can do it in a kind or you can do it in a much more sensible way where it's more about look at the consequences of what happens a if you do cross a line or b if someone loses their job over a mistake yeah. and all of these things so that is on at the arts theater um and i'm really really curious to see it and it's gotten incredible reviews it's got a female director so i really do hope that it's not a production designed to silence and invalidate women who report issues um i find it really hard to believe that that would be the case um but like in the past you've had audiences like yell abuse at the female actor and it's so that in the past in the past it's really exposed some horrible horrible social attitudes so i'm very curious to see it it's at the arts theater which is just behind leicester square station uh the arts theater is a really great little venue it's quite small and again i think it goes under the radar more often than it deserves uh six the musical transferred there after edinburgh so it was the first venue in london to hold six so let's not forget that it did that um and before that i saw another play there called bad jews where the base it's a play about um a jewish family and that their patriarch the grandfather has died um and so it's about them mourning him and it's their they're arguing over not like financial inheritance they're arguing over sentimental things like who gets to keep this who was closest to him in this and in it's intentionally quite unhealthy and quite nasty uh one girl is very like i'm the best out of us i am the most uh devout jewish person i deserve to have it but it got left to a boy in the family what does that mean so there's loads of different family dynamics written into it and it's about a family but it's also about a family within a certain culture and the pressures that a culture might put on an identity it's it's a good little play i i enjoyed it but i think it almost was a bit too real for me because Mm, i have a lot of those issues with with the greek culture um I get very, very angry when I get told I'm not a proper Greek. I get it a lot and it's really fucking nasty. Um, I don't think it's up to anybody else to tell me my identity or my race or my culture based on how much of the language I speak or how much I go to church. I just think, Mm. I don't think there's any place for that. So um, that's, my point is the arts theater is a really good theater. Um, Plays are fabulous. And Oliana, it has got quite a place in the history of contemporary theatre writing. And I'm very curious to go and see it. That was my Mm. first little thing to mention today. Boom. I'll talk about an interesting one. Um, um, Quite a few bands that aren't like massive, but bands like As Big As The Darkness, for example, have had to postpone their album launches. I'm going to just like throw it out there. Can you guess why? phone a launch as in an event an album launch of release of an album not the event but the okay. release of the an a- album. actual being available to download and buy yeah the the day where we go boom here it's out you can um, buy the cds you can buy why a food, would, you can get why it would big bands have that i'm just gonna let you not not huge bands not like really massive bands is it because bands bigger like, bands are all dropping albums after the lockdown well, mm, that's that's kind of part of to do with it. The reason is that there is currently a national shortage of vinyl. Really? really? Yeah, there is a national shortage of vinyl. So the Darkness and I think Don Broco as well had to push back their album release. Um, that's just two examples of bands that I follow quite closely. I I would not be surprised um, if it's affected a lot of people, but I've been reading up on it. So there's a f- there's a few things to go with. What's happened um, 
is that vinyl is now more popular than it's been in what forty years. 30 yeah, I think years. we've mentioned like this before. Po- it is. It's, it's huge. more popular than it was in the ninety like ninety one, ninety two. Like it's more popular now. People are buying vinyl more. Um, and part of that is kind of the pushback against um a lot of people love buying digital music and it's really handy and great, but people love having a memento. Mm. Um, and so vinyl is now hugely popular. So what does that mean? It means that up-and-coming bands as well as big bands are trying to release vinyl records at the moment um, when they do a digital Why release and then they do, yeah. do vinyl. CDs are down now lower than vinyl according to, uh, over the last year or something um, in terms of, of expenditure, which is really, really interesting. Um, so the problem is that there's only so many places that can press vinyl. So the, the, there's a few aspects to this, and I'll, ex- I'll explain and go through. Um, so there's only so many um, places that can press vinyl. What does that mean? It means that they have a certain workload that they can just do, right? Something else that's fashionable at the moment is people love multicolored vinyl. So you might have seen this as people are releasing records that have like, you know, blue and white going through them or something. I was going to mention, really isn't Jack White really good for creative vinyls? Uh, I think I have seen a Jack yeah, White. He's yeah, he's got some yeah, great like ones. Like that red and white stuff that yeah. he does. Yeah, Music Tech Boyfriend um, is a huge fan. <laughs> yeah, he's a great, he's a great musician. Um, but the thing is that that's really popular now. Now, when it's just black, they don't have to reset the machine after each pressing. But if they do a color color vinyl uh, with different colors and stuff, they have to do it just for that pressing. They have to do it exactly like that, and then they have to clean it, reset the whole fucking thing, do everything all over again, which adds more time on. So um, in the olden days, it used to take like a single could be done in like 48 hours. That was the kind of time um, if you were just pressing a signal, single. Now it's like a year. For some mm. people, another thing that's happening: everyone wrote an album during lockdown. We didn't because we were really far apart. But a lot of people wrote an album in lockdown, recorded yeah. it as soon as they're out, and now they're yeah. trying to get it pressed. Well, that means is everyone is trying to get vinyl all at the same time. But also because the vinyl boom is so big, all the huge companies that have huge bands signed to them are trying to get repressings done because they know about this backlog. They're trying to get repressings done of, like, for instance, a classic album, like Iron Maiden right, doing, yeah. doing, a, a doing one of their albums from the 80s. Because all, try- all of them are just trying to make a bloody living. Let's not forget, exactly. do you know what I mean? And they're going, exactly. well, this is really big. Let's, yeah, let's redo. Let's re relaunch an old classic. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I'm with you. Exactly. And so they're re-releasing vinyls of uh, loads of classic rock bands are doing that. Loads of really huge names are doing that. And that means that there's, again, there's only so many places that can do it. But also because they know that there's only so many places that can do it. And if they put in another order later, they might not get it. They're doing huge orders, which take ages and ages to do. So what that means is that basically that that has completely fucked um, all these up and coming bands who are trying to do like a batch of X hundred, X thousand copies rather than doing like 200,000 vinyls mm. or something. So um, that's caused, yeah, a huge problem for a lot of bands. And it means that bands have had to push their releases back because they're suddenly like, oh, wait, there's a vinyl shortage yeah. and we've had to push it back. And like, I saw that, I saw that on a, on a video by The Darkness saying how much they love this new album, but they're going to have to push it back because of vinyl. And, and, and they made a joke about, hey, guys, you know, if you're doing your floor with vinyl, you could rip that up and you could like, bring this <laughs> album it. forward like a week, <laughs> you know? Um, so they're saying stuff like that. Which is which is fun. Where does vinyl come from? Um, what is vinyl? I don't really know that. Was, much yeah, I'm about just sat here it. going. I don't know where this what this is. Is it plastic? I can, I can look it? into it more. I know <laughs> that Brexit's. I know that Brexit's had a big. I was impact about on to go well. fucking Brexit. Yeah. Like literally. Like, like Brexit. Uh, 
we've got to stop pretending that Brexit isn't like causing a massive problem for all of us, like regardless of how you voted. So, so for example, for bands, we're fucked because of Brexit. Like it's really not been good for us. Yeah, there are acting um, jobs I, I can't come apply for because of it as well. Yeah. I'll I'll go into that later because that's a whole different issue. But like, um, I mean, you know, Luke, Luke, one of Luke's jobs, he works selling bikes at the moment. And um, his bikes were in the Suez Canal, in that big fucking tanker. So he's got orders that still haven't turned up. <laughs> like, oh, like, wow. Because 10% of Fuck. the world economy was, was fucked by that one tanker. Do you That's remember that? So the That's one not that Brexit. couldn't That's turn not around. Brexit. That one. Yeah, the one that, <laughs> but, but because so much of the world's economy goes through... You, do you, know, you know where the Suez Canal is and you know, you know why it's so significant, right? No, I don't. It's basic, okay, so the Suez Canal, there's Africa, mm. and there's, you know... You, the Middle East and everything, and basically and goes straight through there. <laughs> and there's Cyprus right there. Basically, when? before the Suez Canal, British um, people, because we, you know, owned India and owned everything, because we were like that, we had to go all the way, sailing all the way past Africa, right? Like all the way under, yeah. down, south, yeah, and then yeah. all the way along. Which is a With big the Suez old Canal, journey. we go in the Mediterranean, boom, straight through. Yeah. Right? Straight yeah. through the other side of Africa. Um, oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. It's where the big, the big boob, bumpy bit of Africa, that bit. At the yeah. top, I know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, through 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 by Egypt. Through and that. All that, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. That's just go yeah. through. So we built this fucking massive canal, and as a result, all the trade between like Australasia, Asia, that goes by sea, mm. um, to go to Europe comes through the Suez Canal. Ten percent of the world's economy was based on that one fucking guy. So that that's not for music. That's but 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 that's I I don't know how many things that affected. But for example, it affected my mate who sells bikes. Yeah. Okay. Like that's the level of of. Stuff I'm convinced it affected my ability to get a fucking sofa. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. I got one it? now, but, but oh, look it at, took. There's, there's you sitting on your sofa. Yeah, took a fucking um, year though, didn't it? Um, but yeah, so so vinyl. Yeah, so I, I someone said Brexit had affected it. I couldn't find um, when I was looking into it um, why Brexit affected it. Um, affected it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff at the moment to do with buying things that has yeah. been a big problem because of. Customs. I think people need to remember we're we're a uh, we may be a great nation, but we're a tiny little island at the end of the day. Like if we won all the different timber and wood and like fruit and bed, like we we import most of our shit, is what I'm saying. (laughs) Like when I was building this um, booth, they ran out of timber, and I went and said, "Where's all the timber? Because it comes in from Europe, and all of our custom shit is fucked." And now they're short of HGV drivers. Exactly. Anyway, let's let's move on. Oh well. So yeah. You, on the album topic, you had um, an interesting album fact that I've been waiting for you to bring up. So there's a fun album thing that happened recently. Um, I really wanted it to come off, but it didn't quite. Okay, so so for a while, Drake and Iron Maiden were racing for number one in the UK album charts. Um, and Drake got it in the end, which I was really sad by. But I, it didn't get made up in the news as much as it was. Iron Maiden were ahead um, earlier in the week. By like not not massive like eight thousand units or something, but Iron Maiden's sales were were actual physical sales and album sales, whereas Drake Drake's ones were like ahead by streams. I don't know what it is now because I haven't seen 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 news articles articles since then. But basically, Iron Maiden were number one, were number one, and then Drake beat them before the post before the charts came out for that week. Um, so this was the last week at time of recording, so it'll be the week before. Um, for you guys listening now, uh, but yeah, you know, I made got to number two, still beat Kanye. You know? <laughs> still yeah. beat Kanye. Uh, it's it's interesting that because people were people were talking about oh, it's all about you know, um, um, 
you know, Kanye or Drake? Drake or Kanye? Kanye or Drake? And then Iron Maiden are like, hey, remember us? I did listen to that album this week. It was very good. I had it on while I was cleaning. It's a good album. They can just shit out really good riffs, can't they? a good Iron Maiden album. Like, I'm just like, it's so on brand because Iron Maiden is so iconic. And I'm like, this is clearly your music. And yet, yeah, it, you're exactly. just creating more of it, and it's still good. Yeah, I like that. But, yeah, they, me too. They experimented a bit. They were doing some some different things that they don't usually do, like uh, in the writing on the wall. That that songs. There's a couple of really great singles. Um, is it is it like my favorite Iron Maiden album of all time? No. Is it? I prefer it to Book of Souls, which is the one before, which got like number one. Um, like it's it's a great album. They're just really good at doing just another fucking. Here's a here's a, here's a great album for you. Here's another great album. Yeah, I fucking love the Have artwork. Have it, guys. I've got it here. I Their think, artwork the has always been brilliant, though. That's the and thing. Like, like, check out check out the artwork now for Senjutsu. Um, yeah. I don't know if you can see, but can... look, there's the oh, fucking shit. look at that shit. No, but this is the thing. I'm so sure a Jack White vinyl. You did can that. describe that. You can What's, describe I can't, that. To the I don't know home. the word for it. Do you remember, like, okay, right. You know those like '90s cards you would get, and if you tilted them, the picture changed. They used yeah. them for like the fucking Harry Potter merch <laughs> with the chocolate. Yeah, of course frogs. they would. Um, so, so what, what, they what they've done with Senjutsu? Uh, I don't know. I it's, don't it's, know. It's, it's it was like an early attempt at 3D. I made and did this wonderful thing because on all their album covers is Eddie. Uh, Eddie the Head. Uh, that's a really interesting thing to talk about, actually. So, so branding is important, as we know, and um, few bands can make something that's truly interesting and unique. And I made managed to do something fucking amazing with Eddie the Head, who is that guy, right? Yeah. He's on the front of the Senjutsu. So Eddie the Head is like this kind of zombie character they came up with in in I think it was in the seventies when they first started because wow. their first album is like the eighties, yeah. but they actually started in like nineteen seventy five. So they were going for five years beforehand. Um. And um, they came up with this idea of Eddie the Head, and they had this zombie head, a Halloween mask on the wall, and it would like leak blood during their performances and stuff, and all this kind of shit, right? And it was really fun. Fun. And they decided that's going to be on the album cover. So on every album cover and, and the singles as well, um, I think there might be one where he's not on there. I don't know, maybe not, but he should be on every album, which is Eddie, Eddie the Head, we call him. Um, and uh, he's the zombie. And you know, um, you might not see much of their live stuff, but um, sometimes they'll do. The, you know those when they have a giant robot thing and they have someone yes. in a fucking huge thing that's like 10 foot tall? Yes. They do that a bit and they then they murder him sometimes. That's really fun. There's one on the, there's there's a, a thing from German TV that got banned where they murdered Eddie the Head at the end of the show and they had all these like tights filled with stuff and they ripped his guts out and all this stuff. Really fun. But on this one, they're, they're celebrating um, awesome samurai shit because they're fucking cool. Senjutsu. Um... And Eddie, Samurai Eddie is the, one of the coolest fucking Eddies I've ever seen. I think that's so cool. Anyway, it's a great album. It's a really good album. I'm going to be chucking that in the car and uh, leaving oh, it on. Uh, that just, sorry, that just really made me feel like when I was younger with my mum, it would be which album should we like put in the car? What's like, the car album? The car yeah. album, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Do you not just Bluetooth with your car now? I do. Uh, I just I, have it on I my phone, a, and my phone hooks up to my speakers. In my, I car. have an old car. I have an old shitty car. Oh, I got, so um, I got quite a fancy I have the, new car I have the audio jack ago. thing. Oh my gosh! So I this is nothing I to do with the industry. Tape. I, st- I used to have a tape. To, yeah, continue. Sorry. But I, no, it's all good. I I had the tape thing with the wire, and you can plug it into yeah, your headphones. Yeah, oh yeah. my god! Absolutely, I had that in my Yaris for days. Um, four days. My old car 
was a polo and it was secondhand and pretty cheap. And I did that thing where I gave that as a deposit on a new car and I basically now have a mortgage on a car. <laughs> but it's because I I need my car for work. And when it when my old yeah. car would like break down, the stress it would put me through was like utterly insane. Do you know, yeah, I didn't know because I've never had a new car before. You only have a new car, you don't have to MOT it for four years. Are you joking? I had no idea. It's brand that. new. It's 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 very no safe. Idea. I've never ever owned a new car. Yeah, like what, what are the chances that you're that <laughs> on your brand new car, your brand new tires have just come out of a warehouse oh, are going to need replacing within two years? Like it, it won't. So yeah, I don't have to get an MOT for another two years. <laughs> Luke, um, how sick is that? One of Luke's old. Luke's had a few cars. Luke, Luke, when we met him, had a car when he was doing his painting decorating business, and the um. Oh, this is a fucking funny fucking thing. Okay, so his his um he was hammering down the motorway because he drives like a psychopath, and his um, <laughs> um his suspension fucking went because he overloaded no! his car. That's not good. No, so he had to get. He, he decided, well, I'm I'm doing the the, the painting, so I'm going to get a van. So he got a van and he ragged it, and uh, the engine was fucked in the end after a few years, and it cost him five grand to sort it out. Right. And at that point in time, so so I I was poor as shit at the time, and I bought my th- Nissan Micra, Micra for three hundred and fifty quid, and he was ribbing me on my Nissan Micra when I turned up to band practice and turned up to gigs, and he was ribbing me, ribbing me, oh, it's a piece of shit car, oh, it's a piece of shit, oh, it's like a granddad car. You, you, when, when you're when you even if we have loads of money, you'll still buy that shit granddad car. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you, cunt? And then <laughs> his his van went, and he had to spend five grand on it, and I said, blimey, because you spent five grand on that piece of shit van. I if if I'd spent five grand, I could have bought a fleet of Nissan Micras and owned my own dealership. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because that's is that's that's three Nissan Micras to a grand, and he he spent five grand, so yeah, I could have bought could 15, fifteen Nissan Micras. Yeah. So I could have bought fifteen Nissan Micras for that money. Money, Luke. See which of us has the business sense, okay, man? <laughs> I had the opposite. I had someone when I was driving a Toyota Yaris that was about ten years old when I first nice. got my license, and I was like nineteen. I had my friend, and I wind him up about this. He just went. He just had way too big of a working class chip on his shoulder. Like I'm not saying the working classes don't have an issue, but he used to like project it in a really dumb way. And one way he tried to project that out was onto my very cheap car he was like you fucking rock up here in your lamborghini yeah i was like what 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 lamborghini it's a toyota yaris and i was i literally i was like how much do you spend on cigarettes he was like what i was like how much do you spend on cigarettes and he told me and i was like less than two months of you smoking bought that car he was like really, really? i was like yeah so shut it so shut it. Accusing me Class of having a... I fucking one. wish I had a Lamborghini. I would love Class to rock weird, up man. to your flat in a Lamborghini, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> like, it's strange that we, we seem to still operate on this system of how we think about other people in terms of class and yes. stuff. Yes, yes, Like, um, you know, my... my as, I, as I said before, my granddad, you know, he was like a street urchin. He had no fucking money. So my mum, my mum was like what, very much what you call working class, as in had no fucking money. Yes. But this was in like you know when she was born, it was nineteen fifty five. So it's a different era, but like you know, it, it, it's weird that. So now you'd call me middle class because my parents like earned, earned enough, but like yeah, I but don't the earn roots any are different. Money. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you know? It's it's a bizarre one, and I I don't want to undermine anyone's experiences, no, we, we but I also see. think that you've got to be a bit careful projecting your resentment or projecting your 
issues onto just the wrong fucking people. <laughs> it's a trick, isn't it? It's yeah. a trick. It's the big trick. Do you have another um, piece of news? Industry um, news? Can you make a little industry news sound effect? Like a da 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 Industry news. There we go. Great, thanks. Um, there we go. Sorted out, mate. But um, <laughs> you know, this isn't really news. I, can't, I don't want to talk too much shit about politics, but Brexit's, Brexit's like, caused a big problem for us. Um, so uh, we're, we're really worried about touring in Europe because Europe is where the money is for music, um, for touring. And uh, yeah, that's just been a, a huge problem um, because you can. there's so many more fees involved. So I think I've talked about before how one of the reasons that British bands don't do so well in America anymore is because of like paying all these union fees and shit like that. Um, and, uh, you know, bringing your gear over costs loads of money and yeah, now there's yeah. more costs involved. I noticed um, that got mentioned in the Rob Tonioni interview and I was really chuffed because we'd already done like a whole thing about that. Yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, uh, get an airplane seat for your guitar. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, getting an yeah. airplane seat for the guitar. And and we had discussed about that. So that's, exactly. that's a, a big thing. Um, in, in industry news generally, uh, more venue closures. That's happened a lot. Um, there's a venue in Oxford that I was vaguely involved in. A, it was called the Wheat Sheaf called save the wheat sheaf campaign and uh everyone was behind it and uh well some wanted to make some money so they decided to turn it to flats for students which is great um and we've so lost they've... big red haven't we big yeah, red is big gone. red big red in london is gone i was at one of the last shows there so yeah venue closures are a big fucking deal wheat sheaf is closed and uh i've got the i've got the sound man on um uh on um on on facebook and uh, he was saying how fucking low he is because he's been running the gigs at all, every single one of these these shows at this venue for years. And it was like the last one that was really in the heart of Oxford. So the only oh. other ones are like outside of Oxford. So on the high street and stuff, um, they're all gone. So there's there's a couple of clubs, um, but it got turned to student flats, which is great. And, you know, they try to do... They, they, they go through a route. There's, like, a, a route. When people want to turn something into flats, right, we'll get someone to move in, and then we'll have them do a noise complaint. Okay, that didn't work. Right, we'll say, oh, we need to redevelop it for these reasons. And then, in the end, it just works every time. And you can't fight it. And that's happened to so many venues that i played. And because of COVID, like, it's completely fucked it. Yeah, it's, it's really depressing, because the venues are closing. Europe has been closed to us, yes. really, effectively. Um, you know, it's, it's not a good time to be an up and coming musician. Like we've, we've had it bad. I, I remember Rob saying, like Rob said to us multiple times, he feels so fucking sorry for us coming up. Cause he was saying like, you know, he could walk next door and get a job somewhere. You know, that was what his, yeah, his yeah. life was like. And then when he, when he left his job, when I think he said he got made redundant or something, he bought a Strat and then just was in a band. And yeah. that's like, that was his main source of income. And it doesn't like, work like that now. It, it doesn't really, work really like doesn't, that anymore. Yeah. And um, I had this when I read, um, I read like a Michael Caine book about when he first wanted acting, an acting job, and he could at least like walk into small time jobs that still paid him well enough to live. Whereas it's now just the culture that no, 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 you have to have a day job, but it has to be a day job that you can drop at any moment if someone asks you to audition, even though we're not going to pay you for your time, and even if you get the job, the money's not going to be that good. Like it's just not the same world anymore. It's not. It's really strange that when you when you read about people coming up um, in the sixties and you're like, how you guys had it so fucking lucky? Like the Who, they got signed and they'd never written a song. You know, 
They that would see buttons. that would not happen if you wanted to get that's, signed that's, now. That's you needed at least a full e- EP well, that you've paid you need for to, to you show need them. To have, yeah. You need to have already released an album for a lot of people. Yeah, like you need to have already shown that you can produce and release an album. It's, it's really weird because like the um, the the skill sets are really different. So if you're just a musician, like that is so not enough. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good you get at playing an instrument, or singing, or whatever. Um, you're you're better off being a tech person in a way who can do a bit of music and get someone in it's really weird like there's also the rules just fucking changed like you know drake released um uh his his new album one of the singles off that album is literally just i'm too sexy as in i'm too sexy for my shirt it's called way too sexy i think and like one of the singles from that and i'm just like how are you making money off this when you literally just that that whole song is uh, listen uh, like people in britain who are like from like uh I mean, even this song came came out way before I was interested in music. It must have been before I was born, probably in the eighties. Yeah, uh, right said Fred, isn't it? And like that was like a well known song in Britain. Loads of people know that song, and yet he's done this. Drake has done this song um, where it's just I'm um, way too sexy for something, way too sexy for this, whatever. And I was just like, this is the same fucking song. Like, <laughs> how is he making money out of this? And yet everyone and wants got... to have a go at Olivia Rodrigo. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. For, for using <laughs> using a similar chord sequence and having something that's like pacey, it's really weird. Like the rules about how because um, those people got really pissed off in like the eighties for this because so many rap artists wanted to use, um, you know, uh, um, uh, samples from from like big songs. That's how Run DMC and Aerosmith. Yeah, you know, I remember yeah. that. And now everyone knows the, the Run DMC version more than me, the. But, you know. I think it's fucking great, to be frank. <laughs> I think it's really good. I prefer the chorus in the Run DMC version when yeah. um, with Stephen Tyre doing that. It's, it's actually a slightly different song, but it's really weird. Like, how are like all these rap artists making money when they're just like doing this song that was already done? I don't know. I also uh, my one thing I don't love in the pop world is when a song comes up with one catchy hook and just repeats it. So the one that I can't stand is you know um, the Rihanna song "We Found Love in a Hopeless Place." We found love in a hopeless place. And that's Do you know the whole how the rest song. of the song goes? It's that not... on repeat. Oh. That is the whole song. Is it really song. just that? It is really just it's that. It's really interesting. And though. I'm like, that's a nice lyric. Don't get me wrong. That's a cute lyric. We found love in a... Oh, nice. And they've gone, right, let's repeat it for three minutes. And that's it. And it gets played in every club. Weird, and I'm it? like, why? It's weird. Um, the what? Yeah, songwriting's got really... Um, odd over the last kind of 50 years because basically they've condensed it down. Yeah. So so it used to be in the 50s you release these songs and they all hit 145 and they're all, they're all like, you know, um, they don't necessarily have to repeat stuff. Yeah. Like if you listen to a lot of the Chuck Berry ones, Johnny Be Good repeats a lot, but like, you know, the, the, the School Days one isn't yeah. really like that. Um, and um, they've refined everything down to hooks, right? So it used to be you'd have one good hook in like a chorus or maybe in a pre-chorus yeah. in a song. Um, and then you just fucking repeat that over and over again now. And like now you you have like three big hooks and you only have to repeat just those and that's just the song. It's really it's really interesting. Like if you you know, like um Bohemian Rhapsody, most probably the most popular song in the world, mm. um uh has none of that. Literally none of it is inside is in that song. No. It's, it's, it's the strangest thing. It's it's um, quite an epic and, um American Pie has like one hook. <laughs> Bye bye, Miss America. But like that song is like really fucking long and has a shit ton of verses and has all this and yet, really interesting I stuff in it. I love it. Um, and it, it's it's a shame that the way that pop has gone, you, um, 
yeah, it's it's all there's so much emphasis on hooks and like really I don't know, man. It's 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 hard to argue with because music is subjective, and and if something's popular, it means more people like it. Therefore, it kind of has to be good because more people are enjoying it, right? Yeah. Because like the purpose of writing music is for people to enjoy it. And Absolutely, I've said before yeah. how I I really get annoyed at bands who um, who get elitist. Uh, not not bands. Yeah, Anyone who uh, yeah. the, the people who get elitist about when a band like goes okay well we're going to get better at songwriting so we're going to write better hooks that more people will enjoy and then you know we'll get our in our music out there to people and then people get shit at them and I'm just like they just wrote better songs um recently Miley Cyrus and Metallica did a collaboration on Nothing Else Matters um they did a new version of that um which was really fucking good so Metallica released an album not too long ago which was like uh I think it's called the Blacklist album it has loads of covers Biffy Clyro did a really good um version of um I can't remember the song, but Biffy Clyro was on it, and loads of bands were on it. And um, Miley Cyrus did a version of Nothing Else Matters. And, um, I, you know, we've talked about that song before um, when we talked about touring. Mm. Basically, when that song came out, like, Hetfield didn't want to go to the rest of the band because he was like, this isn't very Metallica, it's not very thrash, it's not very heavy. We're supposed to be, like, the hardest, heaviest band in the world. And um, Lars and their producer really liked it, Lars Ulrich, the drummer. And so they released this... Um, this wonderful song. And then people were like, this is like a love song. Why is this on a thrash band album? You mm. know, what is, what is this about? And you know, that story always comes through. Um, Do you know what I think is a really interesting trend happening in pop music right now that I'm kind of enjoying is yeah. the like, the child star who, when they were new, weren't that impressive. Yeah. Getting really good. And Miley yeah. Cyrus is an example of that. Like Hannah Montana yeah. is how that girl started. I know she Ariana has like Grande as well. I know, I know she has Dolly Parton as like a godmother and shit, but let's ignore that for a minute. But Hannah <laughs> she started off as Hannah Montana and now she is this incredible creator. Another one is Harry Styles. Mate, I'm a fan. There was a time where I was like, if I have to listen to <laughs> any fucking one direction one more time i'm gonna punch through a window like and that is how i felt and now he's gone solo he's become an absolute icon his music is beautiful the way he presents himself in the media is really progressive and forward thinking and he's an artist and another one i've recently rediscovered do you remember willow smith out in my hair back and forth out in my hair oh, yeah, yeah. she's actually got some pretty good kind of um punky poppy young female voice music yeah. going on now and i'm like someone grew and developed their art good for you yeah, it's cute isn't it? it's really it's, nice I... to see them doing well and being nurtured rather than being thrown to the wolves like they were yeah. and sometimes still are but you see my point i met a girl i met a girl met a guy at uni um who uh, went to school with Harry Styles and couldn't stand him. Really? And yeah, well, I think he had. I don't. I, the guy didn't have Facebook. I think he had him on some kind of social media or something. MySpace or, or something. Yeah. And uh, when Harry Styles went into um, X Factor, it was X Factor. Yeah, right? it was X Factor. Um, yeah. And and he really didn't want to get put into One Direction. He really didn't want to be in a boy band. He wanted to be his own solo artist. And he was really shitty about it, apparently. And then, um, and then, hey, it didn't matter anyway because he's he he did well, that. You know, he did it that. gave and him a springboard, and, and he's done, done his own, really, he's really done his own solo career, and he's managed to make a great time of himself. You know, man, it's weird that all, the, yeah, the Disney a lot a lot Disney's produced a couple of people who've ended up having these big careers now. Yeah, um, it used to be that it was all flash in the pan type stuff. Yeah, but um, 
now it seems to be blossoming, which is, I suppose, I suppose they grow at the same time as their audience. Yeah, it's lovely. That's a really good way of putting it, growing with your audience. Um, yeah, before we cool. wrap up, I had one more play-related thing I wanted to talk about. Um, the Lyric Hammersmith, fantastic uh, theatre space, used for plays quite a lot, has just announced its 2022 season and it's really exciting. Hammersmith is a lovely area of South London and you will not hear me saying lovely and South London in the same sentence very easily. Wow. <laughs> I'm Ooh, not floors coming out. Hey, I'm a North London girl, grew up in Finchley, not sorry. Okay, but The real North South divide. It is it is so real. <laughs> it is so real. Um I was actually talking to um a fellow actor/producer recently who I who I met quite recently and um he was talking about how he lived in a certain area of South London. And I was like, um, we basically were agreeing that a lot of a lot of drama students come to London for drama school and they'll live in South London at first and go, yeah, this is the best. And then they slowly realise that North London is better. Anyway, <laughs> it just is. They're like, oh, but it's more expensive. Yeah, because it's better. So, <laughs> but the Lyric Hammersmith is lovely. Hammersmith is a really nice area. It's a ball Aww. lake to drive through. Don't try and drive there. Um, but also the district line sucks. So get there eventually. But when you're in Hammersmith, I'm sorry, fuck the district line. <laughs> fuck the district line. But a uh, list, list of things we're going to say, fuck the district line. What I, else do we say? Fuck this. Fuck the district line. Fuck trying to drive through Hammersmith. Fuck trying so, to drive through Hammersmith. I don't know how fuck you're going to get there. Good luck. But once you're there, <laughs> the Lyric Hammersmith, really good theatre. They do a lot of plays. So I'm sticking with my plays theme. Mm. So... They are going to be doing a debut by a new writer called Sian Carter. So, yay, represent new writers. Exciting. Um, they are debuting a new Mike Bartlett play. And no one, I've tried to find out about this play. And I think it's very intentionally, there's not much out there. Uh, Mike Bartlett is a really good writer. I know two of his plays because we did them at Arts Ed. But he's done Sweet. loads. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. He tends to write very funny things but that are still quite like significant. So one of his plays is called Bull and it is it is about workplace bullying. It's about privilege and about about like the the psychological torture yeah. that people can enact on each other in an office and sales environment. So it makes some really good points but it's still really funny. Um so yeah, he's he's launching a new play. There's also going to be a revival of Closer. Oh. Do you know anything about Closer? No. It was a really good play. It's a four-hander mainly that then got turned into a film. Um, it's like a love square between two couples. The film's really good. It's got some of my it's got some of my favorite dialogue in it. Like some really good breakup scenes. It's it's just so well written. Um, so that's coming back. And then also a retelling of Hedda Gabler, because why the hell not? So the Lyric Hammersmith has just announced its season, and there are some hella sick plays that are going to be happening next year. So support some plays. I know Boom. we I know we all love Wicked. Oh, however, having said that, there was a really cute video of the the first show post lockdown of Wicked and it actually Aww. was really cute and all the audience like lost their shit when some Aww, voice said nice. welcome to Wicked on Broadway, everyone jumped up and it was really cute. My point it's is been... I know we love I know we love the big West End crowd pleasers. I love them too. I'm booking to see some myself, but maybe yeah, let's go to the arts theatre maybe let's go to the lyric hammersmith and let's support some new writers and things like that definitely as well. definitely do support the new people man because they need it yeah and they're making good shit man 
They're Talking about bullying stuff. sounds really interesting. Oh, yeah, it's a really good play. I look it up. It's called Sweet Bull, as in bullfighting. Bull? Yeah. Boom. Okay, folks, I think that's it from us here at Rift and Scripts this week. So I thank you very is. much for listening. Um, my name has been Coleridge Bryant. My name has been Amber Savar. Um, I said that jokingly, but please don't actually say that to me. It's Amber Savar. <laughs> Amber Savar. And my name, my name is actually... Yeah, it's called Brian. That's my name. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we're on Nothing all the socials. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We have an email address, scripts at gmail.com. They know who we are. We know all point, of this. Yeah. Have a lovely week, Boom. you guys. We will see you next week. And go support some live theatre, by the way. That's the message from today. Yeah. Boom. Bye-bye. <laughs> there was another fun music thing. Um which was that um, I think I was laughing week. over that start again give yourself a cup no no I can delete it it's fine but now I have to start again I will you silence you yeah okay meow so you actual cunt right give me just a moment so there's a fun album thing that happened but basically oh, oh gross but ba- that was right in my ears I had headphones no, in sorry about that oh. oh I feel much better now there we go ah, <laughs> ha 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 Okay. <laughs> oh, that so, has to be um, the after credits moment. That was good. Yeah, I uh, think there's a few, a few uh, of these now of me making you throw up. So, so ten, yeah. Um, 